0: Welcome to Secrets, the podcast. My name is Jennifer Rapkins and you are listening to episode number three, Working With My Mom. When I mention I co-own a business, people are always asking me who I own my business with. And I'll respond, oh, my mom. And I usually get a grab bag of of reactions, Uh, so things like, uh, oh my god, I can never imagine working directly with my mom, or oh, you're brave. And then most commonly, I get, how do you manage that? My answer to that last one is usually me laughing and going, "I'm the boss." <laughs> Catherine will joke with me about that as well because I have a lot more of a type A personality where Cat balances me that with that she's creative and free flowing. These are things we've not acknowledged about ourselves, and have made light about it. Uh, I usually I'll, I'll add on. I make sure she does her work, which. I mean, is the truth, but <laughs> it's, it's a little of an unorthodox uh, thing to hear. Working with family is not for everyone, and it takes the right blend of personality, but also patience and balance. When we first started our business, there was very little hesitation in my mind that working with my mom would be problematic at all. We've always worked very well together. We are each other's yin and yang, or as I mentioned in the first episode, I am her vanilla ice cream to her apple pie. The point is, is our partnership has come with its challenges too, of course, but with experience and being transparent with each other, we've really been able to make this work. This episode, I'm going to share with you some exercises about how you can improve your own experiences with a business partner or or a relationship you might have. can be very challenging sometimes, and if you don't have the right blend of personalities, or if you're unwilling to compromise, it may not work out. But if you're both able to take the right path of establishing a strong relationship, it absolutely can be very powerful. Whether you work with a spouse, parent, sibling, extended family, or even a best friend, you will be able to implement these four exercises. The first thing I wanna say though, and it's a bit of a disclaimer, that this only works with cooperation. Everyone needs to have an open mind about, quote, change and a willingness to accept harsh self-truths. Nothing will change if someone's going to remain unchanged or are too stubborn about who they are, in which case begs the question, do you really wanna work with them? So let's get started with getting to know a bit about yourself. But Jen, I know who I am. Do you, though? Have you fully acknowledged that you are just super anal about details and insist that everyone's on the same page as you at all times? Or get really irritated when you're finding that people aren't implementing what you've been talking or asking about so it doesn't turn out the way you like? Or you expect everything, uh, everything from everyone because you put in 110% and so you expect that from everyone when you find it super irritating, when people don't respond in a timely manner, so now it's holding you back from moving forward. Oh wait, that's me. (laughs) We all have a few quirks that are frustrating for others. And those are just a few examples of my own flaws. I'm sure I have many, but those are just a few in this context. So you need to be real with yourself. Write it down if you need to. What are your worst traits? Why would someone get super irritated with you? What are some less than attractive behaviors you have? It's not a pretty sight, for sure, but the sooner you recognize those icky traits, the sooner you can work towards becoming the best version of yourself uh, for you and for those around you. Okay, let's say you've paused this video and now you've created this little list of all these unattractive uh, traits or even behaviors about yourself could be as short or as long as you want it to be. Ideally though, you have become as vulnerable as possible about it and you've really admitted to yourself everything. If you need to think about some incidences that have happened at work where people have called you out, um, that might really help. So for example, um, (laughs) with my examples from earlier, uh, you could probably tell I have this constant need for perfection in quite a few things, and I I just wanna indicate that I'm not a perfectionist in everything, um, but there are a few things that I hold uh, a lot of value to. (laughs) Um, So, But while some appreciate and, and respect it, a lot of people can also see this as obnoxious or repulsive behavior, maybe because they're not like that, or whatever the reasons are, that's okay. So why do I see this as a positive? Because since becoming aware that it's not a positive for everyone, I've since learned how to manage my perfectionism. So I got called out once by one of my close family members. She said, Jen, you don't need to be such a perfectionist. While doing event planning, of all things, <laughs> I I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. Um, I felt like I was taking a diplomatic approach with my planning procedures and you know, a good event requires good planning, so I thought of it as a good thing. Uh, she didn't, at least maybe not fully, and, and that's okay. But months later, I actually received an apology from her when she attended another event where it wasn't planned to the same capacity and the results were less than ideal. I, I, yeah, ideal. <laughs> she, um, she then understood my reasonings. So, this is perspective, right? While she had validation to feel like I was being over-controlling and I was probably micromanaging, um, but her calling me out helped me create perspective that while I thought I was doing things with good intentions, that it wasn't being well-received as a good intention. So, in an attempt to better myself, I, I have to now ease off, so to speak, and perhaps find an alternative route to keep the peace. So, I still get the results I want without creating further tension in others. This is called, can you guess it? Compromise. I wasn't changing who I was. I wasn't shouting back at her demanding that she had to see reason or anything like that. Um, admittedly, at that time, because this was years ago, I felt a little offended. But... It just meant I had to readapt a little, and this can be easily done. The challenge for you here is to see how some of these personality traits can be seen negatively and determining how you can manage those. No one is perfect, but when you see that side of you come out, how can you help yourself to control that to better your working relationships? For example, if you have, uh, and, and I use the example because it's a common one, um, if you have an example or an issue with your temper, how would you address this? So I had a, a, an old boss who was, like he was a good boss, and occasionally he had, uh, oh excuse me, he, he was usually in a really good mood, but then like some days he would be a real sourpuss, and he was really difficult to approach so he immediately set boundaries which meant he was acknowledging his temper he would frequently he would tell us what he he needed from us so he asked us to call him out on his negative moods and that would help pull himself out of it and he he would even warn us sometimes like hey i'm in a bad mood today and we're like all right cool thanks for letting us know (laughs) and you know what This even works at home. Um, My partner and I, uh, if we had a rough day at work or whatever, one of us would come home and we know uh, to say something like, I'm feeling a little crunchy today. And crunchy is just our word. After previously discussing our needs about how to handle this situation, we then know crunchy equals, I just need some space to cool down. So then we know, okay, back off, let them calm down, and then we can chat it out. You've acknowledged the challenge and you've created a solution for it that works for everyone. Keep in mind this only works if you can fully acknowledge who you are. You may not be ready for an exercise like this and that's okay. It takes time and a lot of self-reflection and that willingness to accept who you are. This does not come easily to somebody. Keep in mind. In my first episode, I mentioned I am not very good at self-reflection, and here I am sharing stories about negative traits and the like. This all came uh, with acknowledgement and time. Bridging along this conversation, the next part is to understand your business partner. Once I understood my personal pros and cons, it's now time to view my mom and her good, the bad and the ugly. <laughs> This isn't anything I necessarily need to talk to her about in particular because our relationship is strong enough um, that it's not really needed, but for you, a conversation about it, even occasionally, can absolutely help strengthen a relationship. Kat and I have had, just naturally, um, have had frequent discussions about our strengths and weaknesses, and we use it almost like a review. It kind of keeps us in our place. This comes with a sense of empathy and compassion. So now I recognize the things that I love and well find challenging about my own mom. For you, the list may greatly outweigh uh, one way or the other, and that's okay. Once you recognize these traits, now you have to determine what to do with this information. So, uh, my mom's fluid lifestyle is very challenging against my type A personality, and, and that's okay. I have learned over time how to manage myself, and I very frequently have to like keep myself in check about this, um, how to manage myself once I've understood this about my mom. I would never expect my mom to change to cater to my personality, because that's unfair, but we can certainly help balance each other. If I'm looking for answers immediately or quick results, uh, all of which are pretty frequently, she may procrastinate on getting back to me, uh, because she may not see it as the same priority as I do, or she's working on something or whatever. It, it's just how our personalities are. So instead, I have to show her, or sorry, I have to tell her <laughs> that, uh, that there's this thing that needs to be done. And then here's why. And I almost have to like show her the benefit of why this is a priority. She'll then likely shift her priorities because now I have set that, um, I like it's like I've really thought about it, right? <laughs> so and 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 now we've compromised because now she's going to work on it, um, and and then usually I'll even add a deadline because she worked really well with that, um, and that's something that we both determined after time working together that she works best with a deadline. Okay, and on the flip side. I know I get really ramped up and i try to do a hundred things at once and while basically giving her the verbal diarrhea of everything that needs to be uh, that needs to be done she helps me rein it in and and very calmly too it helps realign my focus uh, and it also helps me see where priorities uh, in our projects are so, what kinds of things have you acknowledged about your working partner, and how can you work with your own personality to adjust? Now, I want to give you, oh, uh, oh yeah, an interesting example. Okay, so like, let's say you're quite the introvert, and maybe even the empathic type. So, you're always tuned into people's emotions. You might take things a little personally. You might overanalyze all that, but your partner is very self-absorbed, maybe a little greedy, probably attention-seeking. Anyway, the point is here is that you guys are the polar opposites. With extreme relationships like this, constant communication is absolutely needed. And I mean real communication, like discussions, not one person talking and the other listening and unable to get a word in, or even subtle or not-so-subtle manipulative tactics like gaslighting, condensate, like being condensating, Um, or even my least favorite, mansplaining. (laughs) There needs to be equal validation in the discussion. If your partner is not open to compromising, or not providing any sense of teamwork, or otherwise just letting your voice feel unheard, it may not be a relationship you want to be involved in. This is to your discretion, of course. Sometimes you don't even have a choice in this. (laughs) Um, But I've seen a lot of business partnerships where They're both really strong, even with polarizing personalities, and and I'll get into this a little bit more in a bit, but I've also seen borderline and not so borderline abusive ones because one person continually overpowers the other, and obviously, this is unhealthy. So, this is a perfect segue to discuss about establishing rules with each other. So Kat and I very quickly established our roles because we both knew what we were good at already. Katherine um, had a design business by herself previously, but it didn't go over well because she was just trying to do it all. I'm not a designer, but I'm good at paperwork. So it seems so natural that I take on the administrative side. I also like customer service related things. So I was, and even still am, the filter to Kat. While she's working on drawings and staying creative, I just come to her with kind information I I can't answer. Hey, this person is looking for this, and boom, she's off. She has her mission. No sense in her wasting her energy reading long-winded emails when she could be focusing on other things and only getting the information she needs to help satisfy our clients and not cluttering her own brain or getting distracted while I help with the rest of their questions. So, but what if you are both good at something so like maybe you're both interior designers and work as co-partnered business this is very common in any field Uh, so first off it's it's very common for people to partner with someone whose vision and style completely complements their own this is why wedding photographers find second photographers who have very similar style to their own or even brand new ones so they can mold them so their clients don't know the, the difference Sometimes the opposites can complement. One has, let's say, a pretty style and the other one's more industrial. This will open up your market to different clients and now they can have their own dedicated clients just sharing the business name. It's, it's all about setting up the expectations when and while you're building the business. So what type of role do you want? There needs to be a hefty discussion about roles and responsibilities so no one is confused about what they should be doing. There's no sense in both of you doing finances if one of you, like, isn't even good at it, <laughs> and sometimes you might it might just be more worth it to uh, hire out, you know? With uh, with myself and Kat, it was easy because I knew computer stuff and admin was not our strong suit, so I took over that and she trusted my judgement. If there was any financial decision, um, We generally, we we discussed it and determined the advantage or even the disadvantage to going that direction. We both handled a lot of marketing related things, which is great. Uh, That we learned together, so we both felt comfortable with it. It took a lot of... um, She actually got me into it with how marketing works nowadays. Um, And then, so with that, with time, it's actually become more of my role. Like, and, and the nice thing is, is that when I'm unsure of, like, oh, hey, I've been working on this thing, but I'm not really sure where to go with it, or I don't know what to do with this, I can discuss this with her and not have to, t- like, teach her the context or, like, anything behind that she already knows, which is nice. So, with that, you should review your roles every year. This, this doesn't have to be like anything formal, it can be a very organic discussion, um, and, but reflect on, on what you're doing and what, or, and what you should be doing. What are you enjoying or not enjoying in your business? This might be a good opportunity to express some concerns in the business structure, management style, um, and what needs to change. Uh, like I said earlier, do you need to hire someone uh, so you can focus on what you actually wanna do? We did that with our finances because I was doing it forever, and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> so eventually we're like, maybe we should just hire somebody. And we, and we did. And then that way I could reallocate my energy onto what I probably should be doing, right? Um, if you're looking to take over a business someday, do you want more responsibility? Uh, so determine your wants and needs and discuss this periodically so you ensure you're getting what you want from the business. The last portion of this is establishing boundaries at work and with your personal life. Every boundary is gonna be different. With our business, our time is spread out everywhere. We don't really work a typical nine-to-five job, nor do we best operate like that. Some days are very early starts, um, others are late evenings. Some days we do very little and other days are very full. We're both like this and every entrepreneur listening is like, preach, (laughs) because we've all been there. We are constantly buzzing. I like, I don't know about Kat, but I can't turn my brain off sometimes. Like it's so hard for me to even just sit and watch a movie without thinking, oh God, all this and there's this and I gotta do that. And, ooh, and then suddenly you feel inspired about something and you just want to jump up and start working on it. But anyway, <laughs> I, I'll get to that in a second. But when, when trying to manage a business with someone else, whether brick or mortar, brick and mortar, not or mortar, <laughs> or online, it can be challenging when managing different schedules. Right now, I um, live in British Columbia and Catherine lives in Ontario. With a huge time zone difference and the fact that we're no longer in the same city, this has made a crazy difference in our work schedule and priorities compared to what it used to be when I was living in Ontario. There are some days where um, we would have to pick up the slack for each other if something was going on, or like I've had part-time jobs, so like, you know, if I'm doing that, uh, there would be other days where we couldn't even talk to each other because of conflicting schedules. um, And then other days where we were super chatty because we were finally able to both sit down and, you know, talk to each other because we were working at the same time. We have to be very forgiving about this because it's mostly out of our own control. But this isn't everybody's case either, right? So scheduling is very important. Regardless if something in Kat's life is going on, I'll ask, hey, can I can I have some of your time this afternoon to go over or whatever? And and she'll let me know when she's available. That way I'm not wasting my time or hers verbally barfing on her Facebook Messenger, all these things that she just doesn't have the time or energy f- f- like to address at that moment. And meanwhile, I'm freaking out because that's what I do, because <laughs> of course, I need results right now. <laughs> the, the, there may be the case that I just need a soundboard, so I'll cram up her Facebook Messenger, but not really needing a, a response, and, and I'll even indicate that to her, like, sorry for the spam. Um, I just needed to, like, get that out there. And she'll usually respond like, okay, <laughs> or, okay, oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, but this sets expectations, too, right? And this is very important in establishing boundaries. The challenge for us is that we're in a creative world. And, and I mean, you might be too. So creative minds work at odd times. Some days, Catherine absolutely needs to go to yoga. And she's super inspired afterwards, and she's more comfortable getting more productive work completed. Um, And both of us, maybe up really late working, Catherine frequently pulls um, pretty much all nighters because that's her prime time. I've set boundaries for myself to have a consistent schedule, especially over the last year. Um, So my sleeping habits are a little more set, therefore getting me out of bed earlier, and I'm making the most of how I want to use my day. If you're working with a parent or a child, boundaries are particularly important. Especially if you have a larger company, like if you have a staff, because employees may not always see you both the same way. And there, a, there's a lot of beef about um, negative attitudes, like they, they don't respect the child because they only got the job because they're the kid, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, and that aside, I've seen a lot of husband and wife businesses uh, be very challenging because Family time is also business time, and I have learned that the hard way, that that absolutely should not be a thing. With my um, ex-husband, we used to discuss business things together, and I mean, heck, Catherine was even living with us at the time, and we thought it would be, uh, uh, like, so because it was easier to run the business that way. So, dinner conversations were also business-related. While we all thrived and felt inspired by it, some... Like, eventually, it, it gets boring and tiresome and exhausting. And there was even a point where I was so sick about hearing about one of these projects that we were working on, I wanted nothing to do with it. Thankfully, things have changed because my arrangements changed, <laughs> but that constant discussion was really draining on my morale. So you have to set that time. Dinner time is not business time. That kind of thing, anyway. <laughs> The point is here um, is that we both understand how we like to work. If you have a brick and mortar, obviously the hours are a little firmer because, you know, customers. But understanding how you both like to work in accordance, accordance, of course, to your roles and responsibilities will ensure a healthy balance between your work and personal life. If someone's got kids, maybe you need to like be at home at a certain time, so maybe you'd, you'd pick up the morning shift and then that way you can be home in time. And then instead of working like a full shift in the morning, you would put in a few hours in the evening after the kids are in bed so you can do marketing strategies or edit some photos you took in the store that day or whatever. This way you're still putting in the work and effort that you need, but also enjoying your life, as you should. Priorities change frequently too. So this is a conversation needed frequently about balancing needs to each other. If there's a um, if there's a mental health issue, or like one of you are unable to handle, or one or both of you are unable to handle high stress um, situations, then this needs to be approached diligently. Surround yourself with a great support network. If your business partner or family member is ignoring your needs in this, as I'm finding, People nowadays are either consciously aware and strive to do their part or they're completely ignorant to its existence and think that you're just crazy and that's horrible. Anyway, if your partner can't be the proper support network to you, then find a tribe of people that would be strong with you. Something I want to really like put out there, don't cover up your feelings. This is a very common misconception with entrepreneurs. That we need to be strong and uh, and hide everything negative and and you know put up a giant wall in front and all that. When you know what now people highly respect vulnerability, and like seeing that people. This sounds weird. Um, people like seeing people struggle. <laughs> Um, it, it shows that they're real people, that they're human. We are entrepreneurs. This is not an easy gig, folks. <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend and she's an entrepreneur who runs her business entirely from her home because she has such high anxiety that she can't leave her home. And she's super open about this. And I'm like super proud of her for that. And, and her business is very successful. Her customers are loyal to her. And she only works two partial days out of the week because she uh, lends out her home for the rest of the week to other professionals for their own clients through her business. It's genius. (laughs) These feelings are very real and should never be ignored. Make the adjustments you need to to stay healthy. Mutual respect needs to be given, regardless of your relationship. This is the only way you'll know it's going to work out. Respect the good and manage the ugly. Honour the wisdom your parents have and parents relish in the successes of what your child has grown into. Be proud of them. Recognize the process of owning a business, adjusting to the challenges, excuse me, changes of success, well, and challenges, (laughs) um, of even, or even the failures, adjusting to changes in life, so like, birth, death, marriage, children, all that, and you know what, even just age in general. One thing I have to remind myself is that while I'm moving at, well, maybe not 100 miles a minute, but I'm still moving pretty fast, my mom may not have the energy to keep up with me. And you know what, over time, just naturally, there may be more put on me because of that. So respect time and boundaries. Remember to be friends still. Ask about their day or create non-work conversations just to enjoy each other's company. And lastly, have fun with your business. I wouldn't trade out being an entrepreneur for anything. While it's hella challenging, I absolutely love it. Thank you for joining in on Episode 3. If you like what you hear, don't don't forget to subscribe for more and join us at karmadesigners.com for more on how you can succeed with having an eco-conscious brand and to join our community. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Green for everyday stuff. Thanks guys, have a great day.